Welcome to another episode of Speak Greasy. My guest today is Chef Madhav Dayal, the very young 27-year-old head chef of Miguel's, which is a Gatsby-inspired um, cocktail and tapas bar in Fontainehouse in the Panjim neighborhood of Goa. Uh, it's so great to have you here, Chef. Uh, welcome to the show. And uh, how does it feel? You've just come off a fantastic three-day mega pop-up at Max Street Kitchen. It feels great. Uh, I mean, I just had a powered up uh, <laughs> first uh, final service, but amazing. Every second, every moment we spent in this kitchen was was great. We had a really good time. The team was great. The kitchen is obviously a state of the art and beautiful. So the service was amazing. Got a great response and thank you for having us here. It was really, really good. You know, I um, came to the restaurant when I know you weren't there. This was uh, about a year ago and uh, just, you know, went in, didn't sort of very, uh, uh, with, with no sort of much expectation of anything, just like, you know, going to go have a great meal. Uh, Jay and I went in and we did have an amazing meal. So your team does a great job even thank when you're you. not around. Yes, I know. I I, uh, I, I didn't know that you, you were in and that's I have. how it should be. And, uh, <laughs> that's the best way to test how the, yes, um, how the kitchen's functioning. But you know, what really amazed me was that the um, kitchen and the bar is essentially one and uh, and you don't have gas and you, you know, you're, you're doing everything on electric and what you uh, and what your team churned out that day was really fantastic and I was like let's get these guys to Max Street so thank you um, but I have to say it was hilarious because then when we connected and I said you know you should think about coming to Max Street Kitchen and you were like well I've never been to Bombay and I was like wait a minute okay Max Street might be like that, that can wait come to Bombay first um, so what's it been like this is this is now your second trip yeah <laughs> um, so I've always heard about this Delhi Bombay comparison I, I, I am from Delhi uh, but the, it's a great city. It, it, it's, it's a lot more fun. People are a lot more down to earth, which I love about the city. Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you spend most of your time in the city, in this kitchen, <laughs> unfortunately for you. But uh, I hope you get to see more of the what the city has to offer and dine, of course. Inshallah, you get to come, come a lot more often to Bombay. Yes, it's not that far from Goa, <laughs> as I'm sure you've realized. Yeah. Chef, you, uh, you know, it, it's... I'm I'm fascinated that you are uh, helming a kitchen at the sort of ripe young age of, of 27. And, you know, you've been doing this for the last few years. Uh, you opened the restaurant in 2020. Yes. Uh, so it's been three years already. So you were younger when you started out. And uh, uh, I believe you were 14 when you ventured into the culinary world. So tell us a little bit about uh, how it all started. Okay. Um, so I... all. Uh, I've been always wanting to cook. Like since I was ten years old, I started cooking. Uh, the first thing I learned to cook was a caramel custard, uh, which my grandmother and my dad taught me. And I got obsessed with making it, so I kept making like ten caramel custards every day. And my parents were like, "What is wrong with our kid? He's just like..." And I think that was kind of the problem. I, if I would get a recipe and then I would just keep making it every day, the same thing five times, six times, making sure that it's. Perfect. And my mom went to Lady Urban College, so she had home science. So when I was 14, she, uh, sorry, when I was 12, uh, she gifted me this recipe box, like this black box and everything was written by hand, laminated. Uh, and I would try and make every dish. Uh, and in fact, this one time I tried to make an oven at home with just foil and like wires and I set my house on fire. Uh, 
and then I slowly got better and uh, I cooked dinner for one of my uncles one day and he designs kitchens so right after the dinner he like do you want to be a chef I was like I guess and then and there he called uh, chef Ritu Dalmel and he was like Ritu this kid wants to become a chef I'm sending him train him and I was like okay so so when you were how old at this point that's when I was 14 yeah and uh, so right out of school I would hop on a bike go to Diva and GK2 uh, M Block Market uh, train there uh, burns my hands for the first time uh, and I was so short that I could not stand I couldn't get my hands on the working station so I used to get Coca-Cola crates and stand on them and uh, whatever chop or whisk or whatever and I my fundamentals and my basics were taught to me by Chef Ritu and, and her team there and I just So how long did you do that for? Um give or take three to four months summer vacation and a little bit before summer vacation and uh, I just fell in love I didn't stop cooking then I started uh, going for cooking competitions I took home science in my 11th and 12th grade uh, in school and uh, then I uh, my parents were like uh, he's great in cooking so we should support it and uh, by my my whole journey like my parents were extremely supportive uh, I was not a good student in school and uh, I, so then I went uh, my family decided to send me to Switzerland and Caesarist colleges uh, studied there and then I went to Gagan in Bangkok uh, that's where I learned about the culinary world about the 50 bears fine dining there's a lot more than butter chicken in life but that's quite a jump you know uh, from culinary school as well to go and you know starge a restaurant like Gagan uh, you know one of the top restaurants in the world and there's a really interesting fact that chefs are open to having youngsters freshers and allowing them into the kitchen i mean what's that experience been like working with some of the best you know the country and the world have to offer working at gagan was crazy uh, there's a lot of information that you have to continue to grasp and adapt and obviously it's 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 a restaurant right it's a business that's running on a daily basis so the chefs there don't have time to really teach you or educate you you have to make sure that whatever job that you've been given you do it quick efficient and fast so that you have enough time to learn more from the chefs and you're not the only stars there it's a team of 60 chefs 30 of them are stars so you're not the only one you really have to push and make sure that you stand out so that you can absorb and learn as much as you can and to be honest i was the shittiest uh, stars they could have ever had i was really bad uh, one of the dishes we served uh, at mag magseed was the achapams with the mushroom pate or chicken liver pate so i used to fuck up making achapams at gagan all the time i couldn't even make five so i got obsessed with making them and i was like i am going to make sure i'll make them for the rest of my life uh, <laughs> so we're going to have that on every tasting menu always yeah, it's, it's never going to go it's it's always going to be then um but you know you like you went straight to staging with um, gagan out of college uh, what did you do after that did you feel like you wanted to come back to india and you know you worked with uh, again diva and you also worked with their catering um yes yeah, so after gagan i sent chef ratuni me that i'm graduating from college she's like meet me i went to meet her she like kal se kaam shuru kar le beta i'm like okay chef fine uh, so started working in her base kitchen and yeah did uh, did catering that's uh, met chef mauro colagreco enrique pujol there and the catering that, that's like next level catering like that's not even like a normal catering business you're traveling around the country or around the globe uh, we were designing kitchens in the middle of nowhere uh, so it was 
I learned more about the logistics and like the whole back game uh, more than just the cooking. It's not about just mise en place anymore. It's about designing a kitchen. For certain events, there were like 15 restaurants for one event. And you had to arrange a kitchen, the, 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 all, all their ingredients and everything for one place. So that really, that was the turning point where I realized that there's so much more that you have to learn to become a chef than just learn how to cook. So that's when I think I actually grew and was able to apply and learn a lot more. But they're very, two very different, obviously, cuisines and, you know, styles of cooking. And you went from like super fine dine tasting menu to, you know, like mass catering for, you know, I'm sure like several hundred people, uh, obviously with an Italian focus and then whoever the chefs were you were working with, uh, very different. Where was your kind of style of cooking kind of developing through all of this? That's a really good question. Because you then went on to open the restaurant as far as I understand, right? So initially, like any chef, you, you train, you learn your, whether you learn your mother sauces or you learn from Indian, you learn your, your basic masalas and then you learn how to cook. And you learn traditional dishes, whether it's from any country or any cuisine. Uh, but after a point, what happens is that you stop looking at uh, dishes. Or, or like, like your forte does not become dishes or, or mother sauces. It becomes flavor profiles. It becomes like a palette, like an artist would have one. So you would like an artist would learn like how to sketch or will learn cubism or will learn an, a, a specific art form. And then they build their own art form eventually. Right. So. That's what you also learn that like there's Italian, there's French, there's there's Nordic, there's Japanese. And how can you take the best from all of them and put it on a plate the way you would want to put it? That's why, you know, a lot of people ask you this question. They're like, oh, what cuisine do you do? I'm like, fuck, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I remember when we opened the table and we said we're a globally inspired menu and everyone was like, what the fuck is that? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were like, yeah, but what's the cuisine? And I'm like... There is none. That's the point. That's and, the point. But yeah. I think that at that time it was still a novelty and, you know, now it's giving chefs that freedom to pretty much do what you want and take inspiration from wherever you want. And uh, that's exactly what, um, you know, I think is becoming more and more the norm, right? Like when you go to restaurants now, it's maybe as a leaning towards something like obviously yours has towards Kunkan and Gordon and, you know, Portuguese sort of um, flavors or ingredients, but then you bring your achapams to it and there's a foreign twist, right? But I have to ask, you know, going from uh, staging and, you know, working with um, with Ritu's uh, operations, it's still a big leap to open your own restaurant. So, uh, how, still, how did that happen? First, I'll tell you how Miguel's kind of happened because uh, I was still working in Diva. And Ankush, Ankush Gujral is uh, married to one of my cousin sisters. So I met him at a wedding and uh, he was like, dude, I'm moving to Goa and you know, I'm opening a small cocktail bar with one of my friends and I, I can't just sell alcohol. I need to have food and I don't know any other chef. So why don't you come to Goa? Oh, just click, you know, do a small kitchen, do some sliders, train the staff, take some consultancy money and then go back to Chef Ritu. I cannot get in the middle with you and Chef Ritu. Uh, you, you, you know, you do your thing, but just come and like kind of, kind of sort us out. I was like, sure, I'll, uh, I, I'm, you know, my, my first gig of doing something on my own. So I told him, let me come to Goa, show you what I can do, and then take a call. So I went to Goa and I did a pop-up kind of a thing in his house for around 30 odd people. And that's where I met uh, Mr. Dhruv Tuteja, Mr. Tutsi, who's the mixologist and the co-owner. And we hit it off. Uh, Everything that I had left over for, from my dishes, he used it as a garnish in his cocktails. 
we did we did the food and cocktail pairing thing that day in his house itself and we were like holy shit this just makes sense and they were like madam let's just uh, go for now it. can you eat like <laughs> <laughs> we get <laughs> really i like you know and they were also sitting and they were like do we want to just hire a 24 year old as a head chef like and they were like yeah let's just do it i was like okay let's just do it and i told chef rutur that i'm going to go out over and she like Okay, I was like, okay, I gave a reservation. Have you ever crossed your mind that like it's not just like me putting together a menu, but I'm actually going to be leading a team and nothing. <laughs> I I just took that leap of faith. I did not think of anything. I just was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a tasting menu. I'm going to do this. That I'm going to do crazy. I do August. I want a national level. I want this. That's it. I just got excited and I just took that uh, jump. That 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 that's about. It's that crazy fourteen-year-old that streak that's clearly uh, lasted through. Um, but you know, it's it's amazing. I uh, kudos. <laughs> There's obviously something in there. Um, how would you sort of, you know, describe the food of Miguel's? As much as we like to be konkan Portuguese uh, in nature, there's a lot to Miguel's. Uh, the main thing of what Miguel's is all about is cocktails and petiscos. So the idea is that within 120 square feet, there's a kitchen and a bar where they all come together. So this is the way. If you go to a bar, the bartender interacts with you. The chefs interact with you the same way. So you don't have to have a tasting menu. We will still interact with you, even if you're just going to have one dish. We'll make sure that we will serve you the best dish ever. So a lot of guests actually come in and they're like, "We don't understand the menu. We want something off the menu." We do that for them as well. So the point of Miguel's is to provide an experience. tailor to whoever walks in and whatever they want to have that's the idea and your kitchen actually runs entirely on electricity which was another thing i was like what is going on here how are they churning this stuff out yeah there are um, four inductions one oven and uh, two under counters that's different from actually kitchen <laughs> <laughs> a little bit yeah we don't have a back kitchen no storage nothing that's it like what you see is what you get everything is prepped in front of you uh everything all, all the butchery and prep is done in the morning so before the guests come everything is processed and then kept in so if we run out we run out <laughs> so it's been 3 years at uh, at miguel's at the location that you are uh, you know i know that you're hugely popular um with the locals as well as people coming out to visit goa uh and you're a, what 25 30 seat yeah 28 you have to sort of see it growing uh No, that's 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 a hard no. Miguel's will always be a twenty-eight seater. It the uh, we one day after about a year of opening, we sat down and we're like, what do we want to do? You know, do we want to open more Miguel's around the country, or do we want to like make the restaurant bigger? And I kind of just thought that you know, if you would look at any Michelin star restaurant around the world or any well-recognized restaurant, you will see that the chef has been in that one restaurant for probably more than a decade. You know, and they did not make the restaurant bigger. They just kept investing more and more. Like it's like you make one dish and you just keep working on it, and you that dish evolves. You evolve, the restaurant evolves, and you keep investing the same money in that restaurant, get better equipment. But Miguel's will always be a twenty-eight seater restaurant, and we'll just make sure that we provide a better experience and keep growing with it. That's the idea. That I have to say is a very sensible approach. Uh, it's very tempting, especially you know when you uh, hit sort of. Uh, early success to sort of build on that and grow. Uh, so I think that that's a a smart way of of 
going about um you know what you've started tell us a little bit about the challenges you know because uh, it always looks so great from the and, and so easy to everyone on the outside and you make it sound like it just happened like this um you know tell us a little bit about the challenges because i know there are a lot of uh, sort of people coming out of whether it's culinary school or spend maybe a few years in restaurant kitchens and are ready to like open their own restaurant and i always kind of um, you know i'm that risk averse auditor or accountant right who's always like what no you know it's it takes a lot more than um yeah. just a couple of years of culinary school or experience but there are so many young chefs taking that chance and you know have that faith in themselves that belief in themselves the confidence to do it which is amazing what were some of the challenges or what would you kind of advise someone who is maybe fresh out of college today so yes first of all we were also lucky to get that the attention and the number of people that come to Miguel's but the main challenge especially when we opened Miguel's in Panjam we were the first in that area uh at that time we didn't know if if we would get the right equipment we bought majority of our equipment from Delhi and then realized we do get some of it in Goa we made a lot of stupid mistakes uh and initially when we opened Miguel's there were only two chefs it was uh, chef Varun and I Varun is uh, my uh, college uh, um, roommate and we did that for a year but we realized that we need we need a bigger team we uh, it's it it wasn't a sustainable concept it was great but like you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning we were buying the produce ourselves we were cooking it ourselves we were serving it we were cleaning the kitchen ourselves in fact there was a point where we, we were even doing the dishes uh, we didn't have we didn't have uh, dishwasher during service yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You never know how that was working. <laughs> This is why you need to work in a restaurant before you open your own. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we we made a lot of stupid mistakes and uh, learned from it. And inshallah, like we pushed through and overcame it and learned from it. What's happening right now is there are a lot of chefs who are going to Michelin stars or going to the fifty best restaurants uh, around the globe. And the moment you do that, and then you come out like, "I'm a chef. I know everything." The moment you know, think that you know everything. that's the end like that's when you you like that's you're done bro like you, you need to realize like being a chef is like being a doctor studying medicine the, the learning never ends you have to always realize that like just because you went to one fancy place does not mean that you know everything like that's what i also tell myself that like you know chef now but like maybe i should do another stage maybe i should go and work as an intern again so that you know there's so much more happening around the world that i probably don't know about so one thing that i'm currently seeing is that there are a lot of young chefs that are passionate they 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 have great palates they can create dishes but it's not about creating one dish it's about creating 200 of them consistently every day so till the time like you can sear a steak but if you can't cook 200 medium rare steaks on a daily basis you're not a chef you're just a home cook there's like literally no difference so that's what the young chefs need to realize is that like you need to first you have to pay your dues and then kind of get there and we we have a shortage of chefs in this country it, it's really hard to like especially in goa with the number of restaurants that are opening up it's it's really hard to uh, hire someone uh, you know so i think the main challenge is, is is not having the right amount of chefs um everybody wants to open restaurants but there's not enough staff and having a kitchen team is like they like your family you have to believe in them you have there's there's a certain amount of trust you spend more time with your kitchen team than with your family so like 
that's the harder part like i've had four sous chefs in 3 years and like it you know it's it's it, it becomes hard because you really invest yourself in someone so much and then they suddenly leave and then you realize that you can't really emotionally invest yourself in somebody so much i cried when orun left but then i was like this is life people will keep leaving you have to keep pushing that's it i feel like you're a very young old wise man <laughs> you know a lot of what you're saying is actually the reality of this business and um, maybe you have to go through it to realize it yeah all of this is something that only comes it's it's a hit and try you, you you do it and then you learn it like you have you you have to fall and then get back yeah. up you're in goa which i know over the last few years has you know you said you were the only restaurant at the time when you opened uh, in in that neighborhood but i know this now a number of restaurants all around you and uh, not just around you but around the entire city and goa is exploding exploding uh, asagao is uh, as we call asagurgao or uh, the new friends colony uh, i don't parel of uh, i i what i don't know bombay as i said <laughs> so um but yeah so when we opened from 2020 till now there are there have been more than 320 restaurants that i know personally that have opened up um so when when we started miguel's um, the the two very good chef friends of mine chef maya and sanchit uh we started this whatsapp group called chef's night goa so the idea was cuz you know like in delhi and everything there, there's a lot of rivalry between restaurants there's a lot of competition we and a lot of people from delhi and bombay were coming to goa to open restaurants cuz they were really tired of all this so we started this group where instead of being competitive we'll help each other grow and we'll all grow together so from from vegetable vendors to kitchen equipment to getting truffles or like sharing cvs hiring staff everything 0 to 100 was on that group and even bitching about guests obviously i mean that's a part of it uh, we started that group with like about 10 odd people and right now we have 360 chefs and restaurant owners in that group uh we meet every uh, on a quarterly basis and most of the restaurants in goa are shut on a monday or a tuesday so we meet on a monday night and we help every restaurant to get the right vendor for produce uh, get the right staff uh, that's why we don't have any poaching happening in goa anymore so uh, yeah that really made a difference in goa but even though we have that still there are so many restaurants that open and shut because people just get excited in opening a restaurant without looking at the right target market the location how many restaurants are there there are localities in goa that have become so saturated with the number of restaurants but people are still opening restaurants there which does not make sense so like you have to have a business plan in mind you need to see if you get an roi or not or like by the end of the day that is what matters right an excel sheet becomes your life uh, and if you don't break it down just do it out of passion yes i mean passion has to be there but then you have to sustain your life restaurants getting it right or wrong is is something that's a universal reality that yeah. um you know happens in every city but do you feel that this boom in the in goa is a good bad ugly thing to happen it is good it still is good i'm really happy that it is happening because the direction to which it is headed uh is 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 the right direction we intend to work with local goan farmers all the restaurants want to do that so that you know we will have a sustainable way of working the economy will be right you know instead of just importing goods and produce we would rather work with what's around us um so the the the, the intention is right but with the right intention and and with all of this attention to goa there is there is also this aspect of extreme commercialization that comes in 
which affects things a lot i would hate to like make goa delhi like that's not what i want <laughs> no <laughs> so speaking as a true goan local now um what are some of your recommendations uh for us to come and dine at what are your favorite local haunts hideaway is my favorite place to go 100% it's also now in one of the best bars in the world um uh, hmm padaria obviously padaria pazares in bajim uh, bladder and fork chocolate chip cookies are to die for um then uh, kajis is a local bar hole in the wall but lots of fun uh there is this one uh, place called bhatti village in betim uh now it's pretty famous so that's also very very nice uh for goan food there is also this place that i go to for crabs called saikrupa in porvoram very very nice crab uh down the road is our everyday stop because it's right opposite bagels it's literally down the road from bagels uh and that's like an institution both oh, called down it's the called down the road oh yeah. sorry i was like what's it called <laughs> and uh so a lot of people generally go down the road to drink but because i know the owner so whenever i go he's like madhav aaj crab aaya and i'm like i need it and he like he'll get like a 2 3 kilo crab and i'll just like i'll pack it i'll go home i'll put a towel on my bed and i watch tv and just eat the whole thing so down the road actually has very nice food as well great yeah. uh we're we're going to make note of that list for sure um but no you know you did you did a fantastic menu uh, at max street kitchen it was um you know it was fun i think that's really important it was you know there was clearly a lot of technique to what you did but um not in a too much of a tweezer way <laughs> if i can call it that it wasn't too much tweezer cooking but maybe there were lots of tweezers around the kitchen but um you know we didn't get that sense i think it was it was comfort um delicious comfort and uh, and also very importantly everything was perfectly cooked um which which you know can go wrong obviously when you're cooking in large quantities this is where your catering uh, experience <laughs> comes in here on on our first day we uh, wow so our aubergine was raw to be honest i i don't care about the vegetarians so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just kidding i i i love vegetarian people i'm just saying that let me guys um No listen you know it's it's been uh, so much fun i'm going to have i'm going to ask you a few uh, rapid fire questions to so say the the first thing that comes to your mind um restaurant awards ye or nay it's not going to be a quick answer for this one i take your time <laughs> oh this is not a real rapid fire oh okay cool a uh, restaurant awards ye but i think like it's like a very tight knit of people that you need to know i don't know because like I I've always had this this dream of being in the 50 best or like Rashmi Uday Singh coming to Miguel's but like she's like god for me you know like it's like when we sang we came to Miguel's I started crying before service I got my mom like mom we sang we here what do I do you know so I, I yes I mean awards yes but obviously like everyone should be recognized and like I the thing is that I just get shit scared when I get to know that somebody like this is coming in you know um so I think it should be more of like chef should be be like hello we're coming to your place chill don't worry it's all good cuz like I start shitting bricks well I think as a as a seasoned well again I'm not a chef but as a seasoned restaurant I would say that um you know I I understand that there's that little 
nervousness around it that they're just another guest like every other guest yeah. and like you would treat every I tell my guest. team the same thing but I still get scared like <laughs> fair enough fair enough um what's your favorite food city in the world favorite food city in the world that you've been to or may want to go to oh uh, i'm going to say delhi <laughs> oh my god you did not just say how that. dare you no man purani delhi old delhi daulat ki chaat madra kulcha and nehari i might make fancy food but like madra kulcha 7 o'clock in the morning after partying from the road any roadside in delhi nothing can beat that fair enough true delhi boy um a bucket list restaurant that you are waiting to go to oh franzen oh my god okay this i should re- rename this season like franzen <laughs> I don't know how many chefs really? said this. It's crazy. I think we should you should get all the chefs who said this on the season, and we should just do a group trip <laughs> and just get it out of the way. <laughs> and anyone else who has got this on their bucket list, um, what is your um, favorite person to cook for? A Jain, a vegan, or a gluten free? <laughs> anyone and everyone. Uh, that's what we also try. To, I mean, as much as we rant and complain about it, I do too. I like. Yeah, like when I have the busy service, and then the guest like, "Oh, hi," I'm like, "This," I'm, I, I'll politely be like, "Yeah, I'll do it." But then when I go to the range, I'm like, "Fuck, why? Why did you come right now?" Like, I, obviously that happens. Sorry, guys, please don't bite. But <laughs> uh, I think as a chef, it is our duty to cater to all needs possible. There is no point of me spending all these years in Switzerland and educating myself if I cannot cater to everyone's needs. So. I would love to cook for everyone and I would love to learn to cook everything in my life so that I can cater to everyone's needs I guess. I know a lot of chefs have not um been to culinary school and had the formal education. So culinary school ye or nay? Um culinary school ye but you have to do your background check before you go to school because there's a lot of money invested that you spend to go to a culinary school. and every culinary school is going to provide you a different set of skill sets and knowledge so you need to know what you want to do in terms of some culinary schools you might get the knowledge but not the hands on skill set for it some you will get the hands on skill set but not enough time to get the knowledge for it so you need to f- figure out what you need so either do enough internships and then kind of so really think it through plan it out uh because it is an investment that will make a difference in the rest of your life. See that it's Switzerland SEG. Sorry. <laughs> you you always be alumni now it's fine. <laughs> okay, and who is the best chorizo supplier in Goa? Ah, <laughs> uh, Krastos in Panjim we've been buying from so are uh, two best actually. Uh when we started we used to buy from this lady called Filu Auntie in Mapsa market. She's still there. She's as lovely as ever. and she will provide as much as chorizo as you want but the chorizo we buy from now is this place in uh, panjim uh, near kakulo mall called krastos krastos chorizo is very very different yeah the like there is a distinct smell flavor to it it's insane like i i, I don't even know how to explain it but like sometimes when we're cooking the chorizo and i enter i'm like it smells like weed on that note there is some i've left 3 uh, kilos of chorizo so when you cook you can be able to smell and tell like it that will get me a lot of brownie points with jay so thank you very much uh, chef it's been so much fun having you 
on the podcast, having you in the kitchen, and uh, I can't wait to come back to the restaurant. Thank you. It's been an honor and pleasure. Thank you so much for having us here. I'm, like this was really a great, great experience. Thank you so All much. All the best. Thank you. Cheers.